everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I've been talking about betrayal lately, and what's been fascinating about this subject is it's been very easy for all of us, myself included, to point to times in my life where someone has betrayed me. I mean, that's easy. Think about it. That's a layup that doesn't take much work. Oh, he betrayed me, she betrayed me, and we look back on the trail of our life and we can point out those situations where someone pushed us in the pit of betrayal. We can all identify that. We like to do that. It's cool to do that. Well, in today's talk, I'm going to kind of flip the whole thing. Today, I'm not going to talk to those of us who've been betrayed. I'm going to talk to the betrayers in the house. Now, before I go any farther, all of us are betrayers. Don't act like you're not. We've all betrayed our loving God because of our behavior. The Bible calls it sin. But, but I'm going to kind of take betrayal to another level, a different zone. I'm going to talk to those here who have turned on people that have trusted us. I'm going to talk to those of us here who have stabbed and who have kind of let people out to dry and who have messed people around and who have stolen and who have hurt. I'm talking to the betrayers in the house. What's so crazy about the betrayers in the house is the fact that if you are a betrayer, most betrayers don't realize they are betrayers. Now, I realize that I've been betrayed, but I have a hard time pointing to times in my life where I have betrayed. Isn't that unique? It's really, it's really funny. It's really interesting about this topic. You might be going, well, Ed, am I someone who has betrayed another? Well, just look back just for a second in the rearview mirror of your life. Look back over the course of your life. If you've seen relationship after relationship kind of end up in the deep weeds, if, if, if you've seen your former friends or maybe a spouse or, or, or a kid or a business partner kind of in the pit of betrayal and the common denominator is you, well, chances are you're a betrayer. I mean, it might be you. Have, you. have you ever thought about that? Maybe you are the betrayer. What does it mean when I betray someone? When I betray someone, I, I am in a relationship where someone trusts me, then I turn on them. Your enemies cannot betray you. Did you get that? My enemy or your enemy can't betray you. Only those who are close to us can betray us. So are you the betrayer? Today we've been talking about, today we're going to talk about Joseph as we've been talking about over the last several sessions. And Joseph was a guy in the Old Testament who was very, very familiar with betrayal. In fact, his brothers betrayed him. And if you do a little study of his life, Joseph grew up in a highly dysfunctional family. He could have easily played the crazy family card. 
There is no way any family here was as crazy as Joseph's family. One father, four wives, 12 sons, one daughter. You named a sin, it occurred in Joseph's family. Well, Joseph's father made a big mistake. He showed favoritism to Joseph, bought him this beautiful designer robe. His brothers didn't dig it. His brothers saw the robe, saw the favoritism, and at a critical juncture in Joseph's life, they pushed him in a pit. They betrayed him. They thought about killing him, yet cooler heads prevailed. Then they sold him into Egyptian slavery. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Yet, name any family here, and, and most families deal with favoritism on one level or another. Have you noticed that? Well, she got so-and-so, he got, you're treating him different than, well, she did, and mom, dad, uh, favoritism. It, it, it happens. I mean, you're going to have those feelings of, wow, they got something that I didn't get, and we see people who are blessed or people who, who have this or that, and, and we can become jealous and envious of them. So just for a second, I want all of us to put ourselves in the sandals of Joseph's brothers, because Joseph's brothers were betrayers. And here's, here's the deal, here's, here's where I'm going today. If, if we don't break the back of betrayal, betrayal will break us. Let's say it together. If we don't break the back of betrayal, betrayal will break us. So let's just for a second think about Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers, obviously, they thought they had been betrayed by their father. After all, their father showed all the love to Joseph, and Joseph was walking around as a teenager bragging about his leadership abilities, bragging about his status, bragging that one day the brothers would bow down to him. Now, that was not smart for a young kid to do that, but let's, let's, let's cut Joe some slack. I mean, he was a teenager. You know how teenagers are, students are. They'll say things. We've all said things during those ages that we would like to take back. Well, Joseph was the same way. The brothers heard that, and they pushed him into a pit. But first, oh, first, before they betrayed him, you know what they did? They eyed him. They looked at Joseph with the eye of envy. Envy usually occurs before betrayal. The brothers, sadly, were not looking, they were not looking to God for their props. They were not looking and concentrating on God's irrational, unfathomable love. And, and we can mess up in this realm. We get so concerned about, well, how much do I love God? I love God, I need to love God more. Well, that's fine and dandy, but we need to concentrate on how much God loves us. See, there's a difference. And we can say, oh, I need to love God more. I need to do this or that. And, and, and again, that's cool. But think about how much your heavenly Father loves you. Because when we think about that, that'll take our eyes off of others. And that, that will not allow envy to eat our lunch. Yet when you're envious of someone, it starts in the eyes, the eye of envy. And Joseph's brothers were envious of him. Envy is against blessings. That's what envy is. Envy doesn't like blessings, especially if the blessings fall on someone else. The first book I ever wrote 
I, I did a whole chapter on envy. Envy is a unique sin. For example, envy starts out ugly and ends ugly. It starts out U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi ugly. It ends U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi ugly. The other sins start off with some promise. The other sins start off with some fun, like pride. I'm the man, I'm the woman. (laughs) Feels good for a while then though, it gets ugly. Greed. Greed starts off, it's pretty fun. I'll acquire that, I'll buy that, I'll get that. And it gives us fast, temporary relief from the aches and pains of life. Greed does. Fast, temporary relief from the aches and pains of life. I can buy that and acquire that and have that and I collect all the toys. But after a while, even greed gets ugly. How about lust? Oh, lust starts off fun. Girl, did you? Man. All the bells and whistles, ding, 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 ding. Lust starts off fun, but it ends ugly. And many here are like, yeah, Ed, I know what you're talking about. Envy, though. Envy, think about it. When I'm envious of someone, when I'm envious of the Joseph in my life, I'm sad over his successes, and I'm glad over his failures. That's envy. If we don't check envy, if we don't confess envy, if we don't get right quick, it will lead us to push people that trust us into the pit. That's what Joseph's brothers did. Envy, it gets in us, the eye of envy. We can get green with envy, that's, that's the color of it, this grotesque figure in thee. Well, here's what's so sinister and what's so insidious about about envy and betrayal. Once we betray someone, the Joseph in our lives, and it could be a spouse, it could be a son, it could be a daughter, it could be a business partner, it could be a friend, it could be a teammate, it could be a coach, it could be a teacher, it could be a pastor, it could be anyone. Once we push them into the pit, we think they're in the pit and we're not. Even though we're the betrayers, we think, okay, I've pushed this person into the pit, I'm out of the pit, they're in the pit. Well, that's not true. Betrayers don't realize it. Betrayers, those of us who betray, we are in a deeper pit than the people we've pushed into the pit. We are deep in a pit. And, and, and the betrayers in the room are so deep, we don't even realize it. It's like, I'm in a pit? Really? Because after you betray someone, the first feeling that you feel is, is a wave of, of, of kind of this euphoric feeling, this this ecstasy, like, wow, I feel so good because I betrayed the person. Because basically, you want everyone else to feel as betrayed as you feel. And, and you, you feel really good. There's, there's, something, there's something really, really, really fun about it. Then all of a sudden, though, you're hit with another wave, a wave of shame, 
guilt and remorse. It, it, it shocks you. You think, why should I feel this way? You're in a pit and it gets all muddy and watery. And then you say, you know what? I'm just going to bury all this stuff. So you, you start the rationalization and justification engines. But, but you don't realize that you're, you're digging a deeper hole. The tires are sinking. And you're getting deeper and deeper into the muck and the mire in the pit. You start saying, well, you would have betrayed this person too if, if, if he treated you like that. You'd have ended up in another person's arms. And yeah, you would have stole the client base too if, if, if they treated you like that. Or, or yeah, you would have, you'd have said the same thing too if that would have occurred to you. And, and, and then, I'm talking to the betrayers now again, when we're in the pit, we find ourselves moving toward the adders, not the ladders, the adders. What are adders? An adder is a snake. And adders hang out with adders. We bite each other with venom and we have our coils all intertwined with other adders and adders tell us what we want to hear. Adders say, yeah, you, you should have betrayed her. You should have betrayed him. Yeah, you should have sold them down the river. That's a good thing. Anybody would do that. Betrayers hang out with other betrayers, adders, snakes. Instead, I want to challenge the betrayers in the house to move to the latter people. The latter people love you. The ladder people are pointing you to God. The ladder people are sticking the ladder in the pit and saying, come on out, baby. Let me help you. Let me encourage you. Let me show you the love of God, and I want to show you the love. Do what you need to do. God wants the best for you. They'll speak the truth to you in love, yet so many just don't want to hear it because they're living a lie. Joseph's brothers, you're talking about liars. They pushed Joe in the pit. Then they went back to their dad and they said, Dad, Joseph's dead. See the designer robe? See the blood on it? He's dead. It's over. They were lying. What did they do? They sold Joseph to Egyptian slavery. What happened to Joseph? His career blew up. For 10 years, he worked in Potiphar's household. Potiphar sat on Pharaoh's cabinet. He learned leadership from Potiphar. Then Joseph was thrown in pit number two. Wham! He was accused of a crime he didn't commit. He stayed there for two years. Then Pharaoh, I mean, the guy in Egypt had these crazy dreams. I mean, Pharaoh couldn't sleep and he called all the people in, all the magicians and the, and the people to try to interpret the dreams. No one could. And then one guy remembered that Joseph could interpret dreams and they brought Joseph from the prison into the Oval Office. And, and, and the Bible said they, they, they cleaned him up, you know. And, and he walked up to Pharaoh and Pharaoh was like, Joseph, I can't sleep. This dream is dogging me. Joseph didn't say, hey, take an Ambien. You know what he said? He said, I can't interpret your dream, but God can. So Joseph began to explain the dream. He said, Pharaoh, seven years, we're going to have a bull market. 
I mean, it's going to be a harvest city for Egypt. The next seven years, though, it's going to be bad, a bear market. We're going to go through a famine. So what I think the nation should do, we should save grain, because back in the day, grain was more valuable than the money. We save it, we can collect it, and then we'll have it during the famine, and all the other nations will come to us, and we'll, we'll, we'll sell the grain and make a lot of money. And Pharaoh said, you're brilliant. I'll promote you to the number two position in the nation of Egypt, in the land of Egypt. You're the governor now, Joseph, of Egypt. So boom, he was promoted, are you ready for this? From the pit to the palace. Okay, stay with me. About 20 years pass. You don't hear anything from Joseph's brothers. What are these cats doing? Don't you know it was just brutal for them? And that's the thing about the betrayers here, because we think everything's buried. I'm sure the brothers were going, oh, man, I don't even want to think about Joseph. I, I buried him a long time ago. All the shame, all the guilt, all the pain. We think it's down deep, but really it's right there on the surface, because don't you know whenever the brothers would go shopping and, and, and they would see a designer robe, Joseph would pop up. Don't you know whenever the brothers walked by a coffee shop and someone said, hey, let's grab a cup of Joe, Joseph would pop up. Don't you know whenever they saw a caravan, Joseph would pop up. Don't you know whenever they saw a goat or heard a goat, Joseph would pop up. You know what I'm talking about, betrayers? Things remind you and remind me of people we've taken advantage of, of people we've hurt, of people we've abused, of people we've lied to, of people we've messed around, of people we stabbed in the back, and we justify and rationalize, and we get deeper and deeper into the pit, into the pit. Well. Let's, let, let's see what Scripture says about, about the rest. Because if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 42. Now, back in the day when a famine struck, I mean, a famine was for real. Everything was so delicate back in the day. If too many insects consumed the crops or, or they had some harsh elements, it could just throw everybody into a famine. Well, because Joseph was such a great leader, because Joseph had saved so much grain for Egypt, guess what? All the brothers were now feeling the effects of a famine. And here's where we start reading. Genesis 42, verse 1. When Jacob, that's Joseph's dad, learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? <laughs> Yeah, you can go ahead and laugh. The Bible's full of humor. I hope you know that. I mean, it's, he continued, I've heard that there's grain in Egypt, so go down there and buy some for us so we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. They were hungry. They were feeling the effects of a famine. When you're not focusing on your father's love and you're focusing on, horizontally 
on people and on emotion, envy, jealousy, and a lack of confidence. It leads you into betrayal. And after a while, you begin to experience a famine of the soul. You're hungry. And you find yourself being led back to your Egypt, back to so often the person that you have betrayed or to a situation that reminds you of the person you betrayed. And here, here is a, here's a, here's a spiritual law. You will meet your sin again. I'm going to say it to all the betrayers in the house. I'll say it again. It's not popular. It doesn't sell a bunch of books. People don't clap and, and, and shout hallelujah, amen. But, 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 but the Bible says we will meet our sin again. Joseph's brothers, the Bible said, found themselves kneeling down, beaten, battered, and broken before the governor of Egypt. Yet here's what's so interesting. They didn't know it was Joseph. He had immersed himself in Egyptian culture. They didn't recognize him. Joseph recognized them. He talked to them through an interpreter. Such an interesting dynamic going on. I'll never forget what happened several years ago. Lisa and I knew a young woman. And this woman committed adultery with a man, a married man. Eventually, this married man left. His wife married the younger woman. They were married for a while and experienced, you know, the, the thrills and chills of that new relationship. And this man's career was blowing up. When all of a sudden, things began to spiral downward. Things begin to go south. And one day, they walked into my office, tears streaming down their faces. And I watched her husband hit his knees and plead for forgiveness. Because through the tears, he confessed to his new bride, I have been unfaithful to you. You'll meet your sin again. She committed adultery with him. He left his wife. They got hooked up. Now he did the same thing to her that he did to his first wife, you will meet your sins again. And God will allow a brokenness. God will allow bitterness. God will allow the consequences of sin to accrue in every life here until, until we either look up or we continue to look down and around. And the sad thing is, God says that some are beyond his reach. In other words, the Bible says that God tries to reach and touch 
and deal with all of us. Yet there comes a point, only God knows the point, where the head of the household closes the door and the person begins to beat on the door and the person exclaims, let me in, let me in, let me in. But there's no response. So if you are a betrayer, the choice is up to you. If you are a betrayer, you have an opportunity right now to come clean. I think it's interesting what, what, what happened here because, because the plot clots. After Joseph and his brothers, you know, talk to each other, again, the brothers are clueless about who Joseph is. And, and when the brothers face this guy and they get in on this distress and calamity that is a part of their lives, you know what they do? They start going, oh, this is happening to us because of what we did to Joseph. Isn't that amazing? That quick, man, Joseph pops up again. And then as they're talking to, to Joseph, and again, they, they think he's some Egyptian governor. Here's, here's, here's what they said to him. I love this. In Genesis chapter 42, verse 31, they said, we are honest men, we're not spies. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, whenever someone says that, I think, whoa, I'm talking to a liar. <laughs> you got some serious problems in your life if you have to say, oh, I'm honest. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm full of integrity. Uh, I'm a great leader. Uh, I have the ability to communicate. Oh, you, you, you should hear me sing. Oh, you're talking about athletic. Oh, yeah. When, when people begin to throw those things out, whoa, whoa, whoa. See, Bentleys don't advertise. <laughs> have you ever been watching like a, like a bowl game? And have you ever heard the announcer say, the Sugar Bowl brought to you by Bentley? No, a Bentley is a Bentley. A Bentley doesn't need very much advertising. I mean, it's just, it's just a Bentley, an awesome car. So people walk around and go, oh man, look at me. I'm honest. I'm the man. I'm the woman. Just, 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 just be a Bentley. Just see yourself the way God sees you, nothing more and nothing less. But hey, here, here, here's the great news about our great God. He doesn't want betrayal to break you. He wants to reach out to you and forgive you and to cleanse you and to touch you and to change your life. And many of you right now are one decision away from it. Because if the truth were known, you are down on your face before God. The props have been knocked out. Why wait until a famine? Why wait until you're at this, at this last point? Do it now. You have the chance. The only time that you're guaranteed is right now. Well, Ed, how do I do it? It's all about the flab principle. Flab is an ugly word, isn't it? Flab. And there's some flab. Flab. Well, there's the flab, I believe, of betrayal. 
And let's get rid of the flab, okay? F, face the truth. Yeah, but she, but he, but that. Face the truth. Betrayer, think about what you did, the decision you make. L, look up. Now, now what are you doing in the pit looking down and around? What are you doing in the pit? Still trying to fire up those rationalization and justification engines? You're not going anywhere. You're getting deeper and deeper. Look up. Allow God to lift you out. Allow the latter people to help you to place your feet on solid rock. A, assess the damage, the collateral damage. Assess it. Talk to a strong Christian about it. Or, or to do what maybe a Christian counselor would tell you to do in this situation. And B, become broken. When God wants to make you, so often he'll let stuff break you. Are you broken? It's time to hit your face before God and say, God, have your way with me. The only time I'm assured of is now. And I want to call out to you and do life your way. You might think you're too far away for God to reach you. You're not, because you're here. But this could be your last chance. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.